0: once more to all of you uh, here. Uh, Happy to see you and happy to be here. Uh, And um, our um, prayer thought is from answer uh, book two, page 25. When begins the time of the end in which the book of Daniel is opened? Answer. The angel who instructed Daniel declared that the book would be closed until the time of the end. Accordingly, not before or after, but in the time of the end, the book must be opened. This period is marked by an increase of knowledge and by men running to and fro, Daniel 12, four and nine. As a large portion of the book of Daniel is now understood, and as we are in the automotive age, the age of increased knowledge with men running to and fro, it is evident that we are living in the time of the end. Now, the message has more to say on this, of course, but one of the points that Brother Hadif has made here is that as the book is understood now, it is uh, evidence that Uh, we are in the time of the end. And there's another uh, fulfillment of prophecy connected with this. And this uh, is objective. Uh, It doesn't require any belief except to believe what we see and believe what we see with our eyes. And that is uh, that knowledge would increase. And... uh, We live in a time when knowledge has increased tremendously and people are running to and fro, not just in automobiles now, but in uh, airplanes. And some people want to run to and fro even farther in rockets and so on, okay? We live in the time of the end, brethren, and a, a blind person could tell. They can tell because of the fulfillment of this prophecy. And they can also tell because other prophecies, uh, wickedness will increase. Uh, Men will do evil continuously as we uh, get closer to the end. And we see that also. So we are in the time of the end. We are not at the end of time. But we are in the end of uh, time, and uh, we are in the last days. And this is the thought that I want us to keep in mind. Uh, we don't we need we know this intellectually, many of us. but I don't see us having the emotional reaction that we should have. God made us to be both intellectual uh, beings and emotional beings. Both are very important. If you see a fire, all of a sudden you're engulfed in a fire and you calmly say, it's a fire. Okay, that's not quite the right reaction, is it? (laughs) You need to react very strongly. Our emotions have purposes, uh, reasons. Even those uh, that we sometimes think of negative emotions, fear, and um, excitement, it does help uh, to be uh, properly motivated by circumstances. To react correctly. Brethren, I do not see the emotional reaction among Davidians that we should see. We live in the end times, the cup of wickedness is uh, of, uh, of the man, mankind is full and overflowing, almost. And the the spirit of the Lord is very soon to stop striving with mankind, including us, if we have not received the seal. So it is a very serious time that we live in and we need to react in an appropriate way. We don't go around screaming, the sky is falling. But if you are just going to be intellectually calm and Uh, Yes, uh, we do live in the last days. Uh, Let me go on about my way. If you do that, brethren, it is um, a mistake. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what is happening today and what the Lord expects from us. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have, Given us the privilege of seeing another week that we could come together on your Sabbath day to uh, a fellowship together uh, with each other and with you and to worship. And we pray that this opportunity will be a blessing to us, uh, that we will. Um, take to heart the things that we hear, that they will stay with us, that they will uh, even be uh, uh, a reference to us as we uh, go on about our uh, life in the coming uh, weeks and months, that we may um, uh, think back on these things and that we will not only uh, be hearers, but we will be doers. These things will be a blessing to us in our in the way that we live our life. We pray for those who are those who have um, great need, both physical, spiritual, and um, in any other way that they may have the, uh, the, uh, problems. We pray that you will be with them, that you will watch over them, that you will comfort them, and that you will also inspire uh, all who truly uh, are are, um, Davidians who who believe this message, that you will inspire us to do all that we can uh, to help them. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. It will do us no good, brethren, if we tell those who are hungry and uh, naked and homeless, uh, be warm and be filled and uh, be clothed, and we go our way. Remember, it would do us no good at all. It does them no good either. Okay, Sister Wright says uh, in um, the Advocate, um, December one, nineteen hundred. Calamities and earthquake, uh, calamities, earthquakes, floods, disasters by land and by sea will increase. God is looking upon the world today as he looked upon it in Noah's time. He is sending his message to people today as he sent it in the days of Noah. There is in this age of the world a repetition of the wickedness of the world before the flood. Many helped Noah build the ark who did not believe. The startling message, who did not cleanse themselves from all wrong principles, who did not overcome temptation uh, to do and say things that were entirely contrary to the mind and will of God. This is very sad. There were those who helped build, but didn't benefit from the ark. And the same thing is true today. Uh, There are those who support the work, who say they believe, but have not let the truth uh, sink in deep down and change their life. And until uh, we can all say that we have been ch- changed by the truth, that the truth has converted us into uh, uh, wholehearted believers and, and servants of the Lord, we uh, are, cannot be certain that we are not in this same class of people who help build the ark a very sad situation, a very serious situation. And brethren, we live at the end of time. It is, it is um, necessary for each one of us now to put away the doubts and the hesitation. We need to go all out for the Lord and for the message. This is the time. Calamities, earthquakes, floods, disasters. It looks like she was reading our headlines, our newspapers. They are increasing. Things are getting increasingly out of whack in our world. Now, I just grabbed some things that were in the headlines. This is not a real survey of what's going on, but uh, we probably all heard about the floods in Europe. Now, it may happen every so often that they have these massive floods, but it's kind of new to me. Uh, uh, I I did not know that. And I suspect that uh, they did not know it either, or they went to build where they built. And so Europe just had these massive floods and uh, hundreds of people are missing. Let us hope that it's just confusion and, and cell phone problems but hundreds of people were missing and, and uh, that's a serious, that's a quite a calamity for Europe as it advanced and uh, uh, modern as they are. But the week before we had the downpour in New York. Uh, now, New York has uh, been getting storms for a long time, but to be honest, I have not seen this kind of thing before. Uh, I believe that these things are getting more frequent and they're getting more severe. And uh, there's a lot of people, I've seen this in the scientific world, something new comes up and they just learned about it a couple of weeks ago themselves, and they'll act like they knew about it all the time. (laughs) I'm telling you, I have seen that. Uh, And um, so maybe they did know about it and maybe I've been living under a, a bush or something, but uh rock. But um, even so, it seems excessive to me. And uh, of course, this week, it's also China. Massive floods in China. What's going on? It's not isolated to one continent or even two. And so it seems a little strange to me to be having massive floods. Um, and uh, the, it is uh, in line with what we know is going to happen. Here at the end of time, uh, in these last days, the, the earth is groaning. Creation is out of whack. Sin has burdened the, the world. Uh, the very existence of sin has put things out of kilter, the world out of kilter. God created things perfectly, but sin has been working to drag things down year after year, century after century and millennium after millennium. uh, The world has been winding down. Things are starting to come apart now at the end of time. Satan has a plan to fix everything. All you have to do is listen to him, and uh you fix global warming or whatever, and that will be that you will will save the earth, okay? But it's not Satan who is going to save the earth. He's responsible for where we are right now. So while some people are um getting too much water, flooding, and so on, in the West they have a very grave fire s- uh, um, situation. The national preparedness level is on five. Uh, It is on a scale of one to five, five is the highest. There's over 1 million acres uh, on fire right now. That's a lot, okay? There's many fires going on, uh, but a million acres, that's getting into real numbers. Um, Alaska has a, a number of fires. Um, California, of course, uh, must always be at the top of uh, uh, in size. Uh, Idaho has a lot and so on and so on. Lots of fires out there, lots of land being destroyed, lots of um, animals, little, um, little people, uh, be, uh, God's creation. The lots of these uh, animals are being destroyed, habitat being destroyed and so on. So all of this is part of the the groaning of earth. All of this is part of the unraveling situation that's going on right now. But it will get worse. I, I don't know how and when, and I'm not happy about it, but I know this, it will get worse. Things get worse before they get better. And we're going to see nature uh, continue to come apart. We're going to see society continue to come apart. Every kind of wickedness is already start coming in and and being approved by society. It will only get worse. These things will only get worse. I remember um, how surprised I was when the, The semi-gladiatorial reality game started coming in, and that um, they call it UFC, I think. um, But they have cage fighting and so on. These things are from ancient Rome. What happened to our country? What happened to our Christian country? How did these things come in? All the violence, all the wickedness. It is um, is very surprising. Now, knowledge is going to increase. We were told this by Daniel um, over uh, 2,000 years ago. Um, Really, uh, over 2,500 years ago, uh, it was predicted. Knowledge is going to increase greatly in the time of the end. What does that mean? Is the knowledge going to be used only for good? The knowledge, because we are sinful, is going to be used for good and evil. That's what's going to happen. Brethren, there are things that are going on that you think are just in a movie, but it's true, okay? And it's beginning. Knowledge is increasing. Not everything happens at once. Here's a California startup who has developed a $50,000 mind-reading helmet. Now, you think that is foolishness, but they don't. They plan to make a lot of money on this because they are um, shrinking and downsizing in price, very expensive technology and making it accessible for anyone who has $50,000, any lab uh, later on, any police uh, uh, detective department, any CIA department and so on. Okay, it is coming. Now, you think the Lord won't let them do that. The Lord has already forbidden them from doing this and many other things, but because they are forbidden doesn't mean, if, uh, by the, God's laws, doesn't mean that he will physically stop them, okay? They still have a little ways to go in the wickedness and filling the cup and, and having it run over. And brethren, I don't like to say this, but they will have this technology in place, especially, brethren, if we continue to dawdle along the way. It's partly up to us. You want to take your time? You want to go and check your uh, uh, yoke of oxen? You want to go and, and live your life in, uh, in the way of the world? Uh, they will have this and even more. But this is real. This one is the Facebook helmet. Uh, Why would Facebook want to do that? All the big companies, the high-tech companies want it. It's a big thing, okay? And a couple days ago, Facebook said that they were not, they had stopped development of this technology. (laughs) If you believe that (laughs) you will uh, need to have some remedial um, news uh, appreciation training. Okay, Uh, all of these people are doing this. Uh, Elon Musk is the one who is famous for having the chip that he's implanting in different animals head and so on. These things are happening very quickly. There's no regulation, there's no control. And the future is coming quickly. And it's partly our fault too that we have even got to this level. Now, Surely a Christian nation won't go down this road, but we are not a Christian nation anymore. But it doesn't really matter what this country does anymore because China is, practically speaking, our equal in technology. China unveils first chip designed specifically for (laughs) mind-reading and they will be much more earnest about implementing these things uh, across the whole of their population than we are. They will do it quickly and uh, thoroughly, okay, and they will um, be able to have a brand new uh, communist uh, Chinese man and woman who are wholeheartedly for communism. If time lasts long enough, brethren, it is all coming, and uh, the, the enemy is determined to do these things. Now, you you don't know these things, and it's it's not necessary that you specially know and be concerned about it, except in this sense. We need to do something about this. We, we are the solution. We are God's solution to all the problems. But what are we doing? We are busy with our life. We're busy going about our everyday life. We don't have the proper reaction to the times that we live in. We need to have a different reaction. We need to be wholehearted. Uh, we, we have to um, come to this realization. This is real. This is the time that we have been waiting for. If we have been waiting for a time to get serious about our religion, this is the time. Now, there's no other time that will be uh, uh, available for us. Now, even the world knows that things are going off kilter, off off track. Even the world, lots of people know this. A large portion of Christendom agree that we are living in the last days of this world's history, 2SR 27, and we know that for a fact. Men have reached a point in insolence and disobedience which shows that their cup of iniquity is almost full Many have well-nigh passed the boundary of mercy. Soon God will show that he is indeed the living God. They have advanced, and this is uh, 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 attributed to the Lord uh, speaking. Should have, I should have included the quotation marks for they. They have advanced from one degree of wickedness to another, adding daily to their lawlessness. This is the truth. It is uh, uh, exactly what is going on today. And we are therefore living in the last days of Earth's history. Now, that was said um, 75 years ago to begin with. And time is short. It is much shorter than you might think. The wickedness that is, is being developed the different things, the trends that are converging uh, show that time is short, the time that is left to this world. The great controversy between the prince of life and the prince of darkness has been going forward, strengthening with each successive generation. Severe indeed has been the conflict waged between right and wrong, between truth and error, between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Truth has fought against error and error against truth. The conflict has existed for thousands of years. There has been a great controversy. I believe that whole star systems have been destroyed in this controversy. We talked about that before. God builds, God creates, Satan destroys when you see destruction, you are seeing the handiwork of Satan, not God. And we do, we are not given special information about these things, okay? And I said, I believe that from looking with my eyes at the various supernovas, uh, the exploding um, uh, uh, stars and even galaxies and so on. All these things. Where did that come from? Was that God? Do you know what if there were beings on those planets, what would have happened to them? They would have been all destroyed. And that, of course, is what Satan wants. But this is a massive uh, uh, war that has been going on. And uh, Satan has been cast down from heaven. He is limited in what he can do, and he is desperate now to destroy us because he knows even better than us that he is in the last moments of his uh, freedom, free existence, and uh, limited as he is here uh, in this uh, plane. Now, everyone must choose, every single one of us must choose which side of this great controversy we are on, and you will say, oh, I am from the, I'm for, for the Lord. But to say you are for the Lord and remain neutral in action is to uh, actually not be for the Lord. There's no neutral parties here. There are people who would like to just step outside of the great controversy and you and him, you guys fight. I will stay here outside. And there is no place of safety and neutrality for any human being. To n- make no choice is to actually uh make the choice to enlist on Satan's side. If God abhors one sin above another, of which his people are guilty, it is doing nothing in case of an emergency. You may have thought that God abhorred other things more, okay? but. This is one sin that God, abhors. why? Because when you do nothing and you allow someone to be swept down the river of life, drowning, you, you could have saved that person, you could have reached out to that person, but you didn't. Then you have, in a very direct way, uh, helped on the side of Satan, not on the side of righteousness indifference and neutrality in a religious crisis is regarded by, of God as a grievous crime and equal to the very worst type of hostility against God. Now, this is where it comes in. Uh, the first commandment is we shall have no other gods before a God. Uh, we must not um, have another God that we serve uh, and we must be wholehearted in our service to him. And when we are neutral, it is hostility to God in his eyes. Now he is the judge. He gets to say what is what in the end. You might say, well, well, I didn't mean to be hostile to you, God, but you were neutral in the time of crisis. And it is a serious crime because as Sister White says, millions are passing um, into eternity. Every year. We've read that before a number of times. Millions are passing into eternity every year. Those rivers that we saw in the flood, there, it's a true thing. We have a river, uh, uh, that is sweeping away people. They're losing their life. We stand here and we have, um, we have the lifeline that we can throw out. But we just stand here and we don't throw that lifeline out, brethren, because we are neutral. We are going about our own business. We're concerned about our own life, our own pleasure, our own ease and comfort. And we have learned to do that. And it's deeply, um, it's deeply set in our minds. Brethren, it's going to be very difficult for many people to be saved. They are going to be many Davidians in the same case of Noah's helpers. They helped, but they didn't get to benefit from the place of safety that they helped because we don't want to go all out. We don't want to fully commit. We have to fully commit brethren, or we will be judged as being neutral. The Lord abhors indifference and disloyalty in a time of crisis in his work. The whole universe is watching with inexpressible interest the closing scenes of the great controversy between good and evil. The people of God are nearing the borders of the eternal world. What can be of more importance to them than they be loyal to the God of heaven? There's nothing more and more important to us. Well, I have my job, I have my family, I have my uh, my life that I'm committed to, whatever. You have that right. You can stay committed to those things, but the Lord is asking each one of us to put him first, to put his message first, to put his part of the great controversy first. It is a good thing of what he's asking us to do. We are to be saviors. We here are to be the saviors that the Lord uses to save all those people who are drowning in sin right now. The stern conflict between light and darkness, between error and truth is deepening in its intensity. The synagogue of Satan is intensely active. And in this age, the deceiving power of the enemy is working in the most subtle way. Every human mind that is not surrendered to God and not under the control of the spirit of God will be perverted through satanic agencies. You see, there is no neutral ground. Either we are serving God or we are going to end up uh, serving Satan. And we may, no, I don't want to serve Satan, but suddenly our mind is being perverted. Every time we flip on the television or actually Click on the television (laughs) Uh, every time um, we are opening our mind to more of the subtle uh, uh, perversion, uh, uh, the uh, the propaganda that the Lord, uh, that the Satan has uh, uh, to instill in our mind. And if we uh, are not under the control of God, we will be under the control of Satan. That is the uh, the. what the spirit of prophecy tells us. And that is what our eyes actually tell us. We actually see that with people. Now, it is not too late to make changes, uh, but the changes cannot be changes of intention. You know, I want to do better. I would like to do better. I I, I will try. It cannot be that we try. Um, We have to do. Now. We ourselves cannot, but the Lord never gives us a requirement that he that is too great for him to help us achieve. And with his help, we can do these things. We can make the change. But to just to have good intentions at this point is not going to make any difference at all. Now, God has a plan to finish the work quickly he's going to cut it short in righteousness. And a good thing too, because it'll be just in time with the things that are going on. Now, we uh, as um, helpers in this work, we are required to um, put forth our best uh, physical, mental, and spiritual efforts. And many of you have heard about our the plan, Bashan's plan, to finish the work. It's not a a detailed plan, but it's a strategy. And it is, uh, the Lord willing, uh, will be a basis for how we work. And um, just briefly, it involves um, being able to give the message effectively to people. And there's a big secret on that that we're gonna talk about in a moment. And, And then it involves those people who accept the message, learning the message quickly. Our Bible teacher training course is part of that. The School of the Prophets is part of that. And we have other programs that are coming out as well. And the goal is for, and uh, we have, this is all prophetic. Uh, This message is so prophetic. Uh, we, We just take what is already prophesied and make it reality. Uh, in the sense that we do it. But um, Sister White says that it, it will be necessary for uh, those at the end of time to learn in months what has taken us years. So we need to have a way of teaching these new people in months what has taken us sometimes many years, okay? And it's possible. It is possible, and we are developing those things uh, even now. But... Um, That's not the point of this uh, study today. I just want to outline that we need to be able to uh, bring the new people up to standard quickly in months. What happens when you do that? I I know many of you know that you turn them around and they go out and they get new people and the process is repeated, repeated uh, uh, and repeated, okay? And when we are able to do that, effectively, uh, we will be able to bring this work to a rapid close, this part of the work, okay? It is true, and it will happen. Uh, We think uh, reaching 21 million people is an impossibly uh, large uh, goal. It is if we were to take 10 and 20 years to teach and motivate each new person It would be impossible, but if they can learn in months, what is taking us years to learn, uh, everything is doable. It is very doable as we have demonstrated, purely demonstrated on paper to you brethren before. So God has a plan and it so happens that he's asking us to be part of it. Each one of us. The opportunity that he presents us with is to be part of the house of David. That's why we call ourselves Davidians. 1TG 9, page nine and 10. The house of David, moreover, is to be as the angel of the Lord before them. What does this statement mean? It means that we are to be members of the house of David, that if we are to be members of the house of David, We must be as David, as God, and as angels, too. The angels excel in strength. They obey God's commandments. They hearken unto the voice of his word. Now, the angels excel in strength, and so did David. What kind of strength? Well, first of all, spiritual strength. If we are spiritual weaklings, always ready to have a failure, for going from failure to failure, we're not uh, lining up to be part of the house of David. To be part of the house of David, we must have great spiritual strength. Where does that come from? It comes from the Lord, yes, but it also requires our active participation. You see, uh, the Lord is willing to give us the strength right now, but we are not willing to accept it perfectly. And uh, like begets like. If you have a spiritual failure, a collapse today, there's a good chance you will have one tomorrow and the next day. If you go from co- uh, defeat to defeat to de- 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 defeat, you are not progressing. And it's, it's not because the Lord won't help you, it's just because you have chosen not to put on your side the effort because our effort is the key thing here in the sense that God is willing, but we are not many times willing to do our part. So to be as the angels means that we are spiritually strong. So a lot of people don't understand what it means to be as the angels. Uh, There is a popular view of the angels as Um, And we have not been told anything about the angels. We cannot make a yes or no statement. Remember, if we're not told about something, we don't know about it uh, when it comes to heavenly matters and divine matters. But many people in the uh, Catholic Church and so on, they believe that the angels are sexless. They are uh, all this inter- intermediate gender of whatever, uh, uh, they would be very popular today, actually. Um, and we don't know. We we have not been told one way or the other. But what we have been told is that they are strong. They are able to obey the Lord. That's That's what the angels are like. That's the the quality that we have been told, and that's the quality that we have to be able to emulate ourselves uh, if we are going to be as David. Uh, The angels excel in strength. They obey God's commandments. They hearken unto the voice of his word. They're always at hand to minister to the saints. We, too, have to be always at hand to minister to the saints. And they have and they have led them safely over every conflict throughout the ages. God expects his church and people to be just that, as the angel of the Lord. Regardless what we as individuals choose to be, God nevertheless will have a church that will be all these. Now, sadly, some people choose not to be part of this. To have the spiritual strength of an angel is amazing. It's remarkable. It's a promise. And it means things in a literal sense too, brethren. It's not just pie in the sky. And some people would prefer a mess of pottage instead uh, to, to the promise that the Lord has given us. Now, what is the overall purpose of the house of David? The house of David, the scriptures reveal, is being built up for a threefold purpose. During the ingathering of the people, it is to build the old waste, to raise up the former desolations, and to repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. We are actually going to do things. We are taught today that we must not only be preachers and teachers, but we must be builders too. And we're learning to be builders today. We're going to build things tomorrow in the kingdom. This work of rebuilding and restoring has as its type the rebuilding of ancient Jerusalem by the ancient Jews returning from their Babylonian captivity to the land of their fathers, just as they were to build the waste the former desolations, the temple of the Lord, the city and the walls and to restore the worship of God according to the Lord's own divine will. So we too now in the antitypical in gathering are called to do a similar work, only much greater both in scope and proportion. Our work, this association's work is to accomplish the work for the church, but it doesn't end there then after that work is done, this association with a loud cry takes the message to the whole world. That's what the message teaches. It's prophetic. But every prophecy that the rod has made has come to pass, and that one will come to pass too. We must, therefore, labor even more incessantly than they labored, this is not the American way. We, we are people who believe in leisure. We have a right to our leisure time. We have worked uh, 40 hours, hard work, and we have a right to, uh, t- to take it easy. And be happy and thankful for having been privileged to have a part in such a great and glorious work. So each one of us needs to be happy We need to feel privileged and we need to actually have a part in this work. It is not enough to intend to have a part in the work. There are many Davidians who intend to have a part in the work. Brethren, there are lots of people with good intentions who are going to go down to the wire and those good intentions are not going to save them. Just as it happened in the time of Noah with those helpers. So the hated Jews of today are not to be the admired Jews of tomorrow, 1TG 22, 28. Why are they admired? They have great spiritual um, strength, but what does that mean in practical terms? That they have great patience, they have great ability in giving the message. They have great knowledge and understanding as ministers. Uh, they have great dedication. They have great love for humanity. They are there to help people. They are mired. If, if you see somebody who is um, uh, uh, the uh, epitome of, of goodness and skill and ability, um, I'm not sure who to use as an example today, but if you were to see uh, somebody like that, you would admire that person. They would be be people you would uh, look up to. They would be attractive. And what happens with attractive people uh, like this? They tend to draw people to themselves, even in the world, even on a superficial level. Let us get ready for the kingdom, for there is a church and a world to save, and God is anxious that we get down to business and very quickly if we are to be among the admired Jews of tomorrow and live in perfect peace under everlasting security." 1TG 2231. I think that most of us have not understood these things on an emotional level. Somebody asked last week, why would everybody want to migrate to the United States? Why would all the 144,000, quote, migrate to the United States to Bashan for the solemn assembly? And it seemed to me that that individual was demonstrating a complete lack of a a visceral understanding of what's going to happen because uh, this is big news to us, to some people, but everybody's going to be migrating to the promised land, okay? Everybody's gonna be migrating. So uh, if the Lord wants a pre-assembly point here at Bashan, what is that to anyone? Uh, that is just what he has told us, that there would be a solemn assembly and then we would migrate to the promised land. So um, if if God can work out the migration to the promised land, don't you think he can also work out the migration to to the solemn assembly? Of course he can. But um, the point of this is a lot of people don't have the proper feeling for the truth. It's a head knowledge, but they're not really feeling this. Brethren, we live in the last days. These things are going to come true. You're going to see the Lord working in a miraculous way, not necessarily with a pillar of uh, a fire, a cloud of smoke. Um, but he is going to be working in a miraculous way. Things are going to take place. And not so long from now. They're in fact, they're already happening. Prophecy is already fulfilling. Remarkable prophecy. Now, I want to uh, one more time touch on the fact that these are admired Jews. Admired Jews, even the world can admire them. Now, we have to come up to this standard, not because we want to be admired, okay? Uh, That is not the purpose, but the purpose is uh, if we are going to do what the Lord has asked us to do, if we are going to be like the angels and obey his commands, then we are going to be admired. We're going to have admirable qualities. We have to start developing that. When we are small and petty, is that admirable? No. When we prefer our own comfort to saving someone who is drowning in sin, is that admirable? It is not. We need to to understand that the things that the Lord has asked us to do, the kind of people he has asked us to be, is that it makes up that ab- admirable people, those qualities, those things that we have to do. We need to be healthy as well, physically healthy and strong. Adam and Eve were physically healthy and strong. Are we going to preach uh, the restitution of all things, uh, the Edenic health reform and so on, uh, while we are uh, for our age and, 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 and otherwise overall situation, Below normal, we need to be above normal, okay? Uh, Until we have a glorified body, we're all going to have uh, the the ills of the flesh. Uh, We're going to have aging and so on until we get to the kingdom. But are we to be below the norm or are we to be above the norm on these things? Even as we are getting older, we need to be strong and healthy in the Lord, and we can. We, the Lord, the, the Spirit of Prophecy has instructed us to walk to exercise. Sister White says to the ladies, uh, sisters, get out and walk, okay? And and she is absolutely right. We need to be walking. We need to be exercising. All of us, uh, and I'm not accepting anyone. Uh, if, if and and to the extent that any of us, including me, have a hard time f- uh, following these things, the Lord has a system of of taking care of that. Okay, He will take care of that. But meanwhile, uh, we have a time and chance still. Each one of us try to do everything you know to be as healthy and strong as possible. You need to be admirable. Your your health condition needs to be admirable when they see you at a doctor and you they see you uh they weigh you they you that you you walk you you uh you do your tests and so on everything needs to be good as good as possible uh, not saying that you're going to be perfect but at all levels we need to be doing the very best we can because the admirable Jews of tomorrow are truly exceptional david like people even like the angels in terms of strength and and dedication. Those who hold themselves independent of the Lord's way of working will not have success. Now, the Lord has a program, Uh, he has a people, he has an association, he has a message. People continually um, are unfaithful, continually looking around, uh, turning their eyes to look at something else. But God has a last message. There was always going to be a last message. And this association, the Leviticus says, goes on to finish the work with a loud cry. That's what the Leviticus says. It's either true or not. If it's not true, remember this about the rod. The rod does not, cannot tolerate one error. One error is enough to disprove the rod. And those who believe that there is error in the rod, we would prefer you to to change your position, but if you do believe there's error, remember that the rod teaches that it is either all truth or no truth, except for quotations. So, God does have a people, he does have a a institution, and he's asking us to be faithful. We again warn our people to remain faithful to God and follow complete instructions in every move they make. There can be no success in the work of God, and he cannot use us if we exercise our wisdom independent of his. One code eight, page two. Now, uh, it would be nice to have a couple of constituted authority, uh, statements here. The, the, the rod teaches that the, the rod is the constituted authority that we must come under. We must obey. And it's not your, it's not your average everyday worldly teaching where we all, brother, we all have a right to have our own thoughts and and views and so on, you know. Yes, you do, because uh, that's the fruit of the the tree of the uh, uh, knowledge of good and evil. But if we want to follow the Lord's way, we will be following in the instructions of the message, which is... uh, every Davidian is under orders from the message. And that is the part that gets people. Uh, I don't take orders from anyone brother, no sir. Well, it's the message is actually saying that uh, the constituted authority statements is that we do take orders from the message. And it is necessary if we're going to be as David and as the angels. Are you uncertain where and how the Lord is working today? It's not the Lord's fault. The Lord does not keep things secret from us that we need to know. I, Brother Haddish says, I am however certain that God will not keep us ignorant of the things we ought to know. He's speaking about something in particular there, but it's, it's, uh, it, it is a general statement too. It applies to everything we need to know. If the Lord knows we need to know it, it's in the message. You want to know the name of the association that finishes the work for the church? It's in the message. You want to know the name of the association that, with a loud cry, takes the message to the world? It's in the message. The Lord does not keep us ignorant. We keep ourselves ignorant because we don't like the the consequences of listening to the rod. We don't want to know, but it, it is not necessary to be ignorant. Now, the big secret of how do we get this message to our um, brothers and sisters? Quickly. So you might think that we were like, let's rush out and get this done right away. And we do want to rush out brethren, but we need to rush out to do the work in our hearts, our lives before we go plucking the the moats out of other people's eyes, okay? A noble life is the most powerful sermon in favor of Christianity. If we would live such a life, our consciences must be quickened by continual contact with the word of God. Our souls must be familiar with the heavenly standard, and we must avoid every course which that diverts, diverges from the right. So, Continual contact with the word of God. This is fanaticism, brethren. Uh, She's asking, she's uh, encouraging us to be fanatics. By the standards of the world, when they look at us, it's like you, brethren, just talking about the message, studying about the message, the Bible, just that's all you care about. And they will consider us to be fanatics. But that is the standard. Our souls must be familiar with the heavenly standard. Uh, 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 Our consciences must be quickened by continual contact with the word of God. If we take our hand away from the hand of the Lord, if we take our mind away from uh, dwelling on him, we will be in the situation of Peter. Peter was a, a great apostle and he became... Uh, a great disciple and he became a great apostle but as soon as he looked away what happened? It's such a profound lesson because it will happen to us look away for five minutes he looked away for less than five seconds it is true brethren uh, by the standards of the world uh, the spirit of prophecy is asking us to be fanatics You um, you don't do this, you don't do that you don't eat this, you don't eat that What what kind of life is that? And I've had people uh, uh, ask that. Uh, People in the world, you don't dance, you don't do this, you don't do that. It's hard for them to understand. And I know they're thinking in their mind, he's a fanatic. (laughs) And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm not at all fanatical as I need to be (laughs) by their standards. Anyway, a noble life is the most powerful sermon. This is what, why we need to live like this. In order to give this sermon, in order to be at that level, to have that noble life, it takes this spiritual um, uh, experience with God, with the truth. But if we are able to do that, and if we have a noble life, then we have uh, in... in. Um, in our everyday life, we have a powerful, the most powerful sermon in favor of Christianity. Brethren, we lose a lot of battles. I've been watching this a long time. And I've been losing a lot of bad battles along with everyone else, don't worry. Uh, but we don't have to lose all of the battles. And the reason that we are losing the battles that we do is because our life is not at the level that it has to be. Don't, don't deceive yourself. We are not giving the most powerful sermon uh, that, that is possible to give in our everyday life. It is not being done. Every little failure that we have, every time we come short in some way, and others see us and they judge us. And it's like, the, not those people, nah, they talk a lot, but they not, they're not meeting the standards. And you lose another battle, another soul. Righteous words and deeds have a more powerful influence for good than all the sermons that can be pe- preached. This, brethren, is the big secret. You wanted a more effective way to sigh and cry, we 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 have lots of practical things there, but all of that is dwarfed on this. Righteous words and deeds have a more powerful influence for good than all the sermons preached. Everything we can do is dwarfed by the by our life. Go there and live the truth with people, and there'll be people who are not impressed. They're ungodly people, tears. Who are just like fanatics? Uh, I don't care, and so, so on. But the wheat, the good people, the people that the Holy Spirit can reach, they will be deeply impressed. Not just with you, but they will be impressed with the image of Christ that they see, and that is what it's all about. Now, there's nothing that is not included in this. Nothing in our public or private life. We cannot be publicly doing this and not privately living this. It doesn't work like that. It's not possible. It would just be hypocrisy. Even the smallest thing in our private life, we have to be living these things. Where nobody knows, God knows. And we cannot receive the spiritual strength from God that we desperately need if we are not living this life truly all around, publicly and privately. It is not only by preaching the truth, not only by distributing literature that we are to witness for God. These things are good. We need to do those things and we're going to push those things in some dramatic ways as time goes on. But that's not the secret, really. Let us remember that a Christ-like life is the most powerful argument that can be advanced in favor of Christianity, and that a cheap Christian character works more harm in the world than the the character of a worldling. This is a very important problem. You see, those who were helping Noah uh, but didn't believe, uh, in our case, those people actually, their cheap Christian character actually does harm. Those people who have a semblance of Christianity are actually inside doing a lot of harm. And we need to reach out to those people in such a way, we need to make them a offer that they cannot refuse. We need to reach them and, and lift them up and encourage them. And we need to stay with that to the point where they either are lifted up and converted, reconverted, or they're like, I'm tired of these people, I'm out of here, okay? And that's okay too. We'd rather them not do that, but what we can't afford to do is have these half-converted, non-converted people in here doing a powerful work for harm. That is the problem too. It is a big problem, the problem of the Akins. Men will believe not what the minister preaches, but what the church lives. All of us, every single one of us. If we are living these things, we will be advancing, we will be having success. And I just want to say before I finish, this is my last um, thought here. Distributing literature, studies, um, School of the Prophets, uh, one after another, uh, Bible teacher training, all of these things, good things, but they're not the secret. The secret, brethren, is, is uh, you and me uh, in our prayer closet, on our knees. Uh, it is us with our, our Bibles and our, the message, studying it quietly, privately, and and not just now and then. This is the secret. This is what is required for us to uh, overcome and become uh, men wondered at, men and women who are admired and who are like angels even. And we know this, and this is so true, this uh, statement from John twelve thirty two. This is why these things are so, that we've been talking about. And I, if I be lifted up, said Jesus, will draw all men unto me. If he is lifted up in our life, if people see him in us, it's a powerful, brethren. The good people cannot resist it. The evil will resist, sure. The evil will do evil continuously. But there are good people out there who can be swayed, who can be reached but we have to be the instrument by which the Lord reaches them. If we are the instrument by which the enemy pushes them away and convinces them that these people are hypocrites and know nothing, what do we have to offer them? We have failure and, and years and years of failure going nowhere. What is that? Who wants to buy that? We must know that we are in Christ and Christ in us or we cannot teach and lead others. And that is the big secret. So as we uh, understand these things, as, the, as we uh, redirect our life personally, our personal uh, spiritual life into this, there will be fruits. There will be fruits, brethren. There will be success. And the whole congregation, as we all, all of us throughout Davidia, As we uh, take these things to heart and we master these things, um, we will start to have success. As as Christ is lifted up in our life, uh, he will be uh, attracting other people, the the true uh, we in the church. It is the way, the secret, the way that we will have success. It is not through technical skill Uh, It is not through giving out the books in vast quantities. That's not the way. We're going to do vast quantities. We're going to have skill and so on. But that is not the secret. This is the secret. If we master this, if we if we uh, succeed in this, we will quickly succeed in everything else. This work will achieve the end that the Lord has given us. And we will wrap up this phase of the work quickly. And brethren, it's much nicer to spend uh, a few extra years in the kingdom than to spend a few extra years in this sinful, wicked world that we are in right now. Let us remember that. It is up to us what happens. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bayshonhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.